Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Jason from Frozen Carbonite, and I'm joined this week by Maddie Hazlitt and Patrick Kagongo to talk about the Parisian edition of Abnormal Communication. But first, following up on our pro model shoe discussion a couple weeks ago, Glue Skateboards Pro Leo Baker released a part to go along with his shoe, aptly named The Leo. Filmed at heritage spots all over the world, Leo was obviously really going for it with this edit. Maddie, how does this part fit into Leo's substantial body of work? Yeah, I think that Leo has been putting out quite a decent amount of footage the last few years. I mean, I think, what was it, two years ago when Smut, the glue video, came out, um, he had a pretty a pretty decent part in there. And then post-op, which was a Spitfire video, I think came out like maybe around a year ago. And then obviously this, which is a pretty substantial full part that he put out. And I think it's definitely one of his standout parts. You can tell that this is something that he worked really hard on. Like every trick is can exist on its own. Like I was kind of going through it and being a little bit, trying to be critical and like finding things in it and I was just like every trick's a banger and he really kind of put things down and was like okay like I'm gonna like I mean kind of what we talked about with the shoe uh on the shoe episode it's like he kind of like put his money where his mouth was of like all right like I deserve this shoe whatever that means like this was such a huge part and the footage was awesome the clips were really good it was definitely like very commercialized I guess is the nice way to say it especially when you juxtapose it with the glue art direction and I think that's just like maybe coming from the Nike side of it this is a very different look than what we've seen and I think the Spitfire edit was like kind of right in the middle and I think that's just like a situation of what the marketing brand direction um, was coming from and maybe like glue is what Leo wants to do and then this edit was more what Nike wanted to do but I don't think any of them felt weird or out of place or something that wasn't genuine and I think that's kind of what made this so special and maybe makes Leo such a special skateboarder is that he's able to exist in so many different areas and produce such high quality work no matter what he touches it always comes out being really really strong yeah you could tell they had the big Nike travel budget with uh, like the Stalin footage MacBo footage is there any Paris in there I don't know I'm not sure there's definitely like the one outledge that's either in Barcelona or Paris but yeah like it's sick like I kind of got a like a Lenny Kirk vibe like that little party had in penal code with like just like the backside lip size I kind of like just kind of being out of control style was pretty sick um what stood out in my mind that one like backside tail side through a corner and shove it out that was pretty rad yes there is Parisian footage in this part um, I oh. think there's a couple of things that Republique I know I think it was pocket magazine just dropped something a little while ago it may have been from the same filming session. I watched it a couple times, but something that stood out to me was the music because I used to absolutely hate that song because the same way that Gen Xers hate the 80s and were confused by, you know, people my age in our 20s, loving Duran Duran and New Order and running around wearing skinny jeans, I'm befuddled by Nida's nostalgia. But I turned a corner on that Len song when I was hanging out with a DJ friend of mine, he was just playing Rare Grooves and he was just like, yo, peep this. He was just playing whatever sample flip that he had. Uh, you know, just like, yeah, check this. I know you recognize this. And it's like the tiniest section of the song, more, 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 like a peak, like cheesy disco song by the Andrea True Connection. And, you know, Maddie, you pointed at something very interesting in the show notes, to kind of talking about how 
a lot of Leo's life, recent life, more specifically, going through transition, post-op, the skating, glue, everything like that. So much of it is, it's hard. It's challenging. Like these are not easy things to go through, especially in the socio-political climate that we live in now. So what's interesting, on one hand, you see this as commercial. I see this as very liberating and very fun because that was the vibe that I got here. I think glue, and, and, and to your point though, Leo is able to, he's able to exist in multiple different realms of his own skate. There's some skaters, like, you cannot take them out of their, like, think about Chump on this and how weird it was, for example, Jamie Thomas skating to a hip-hop song. It worked, and you kind of wish you see more of it, but you knew for a fact, like, this is well outside his lane, and he's, he's, he's in on the joke. He's, he's taking the piss. Whereas it seems as though with Leo, like, this right here, I think is an extension. It's joyous, right? Like, tomorrow, like, we're recording on the last day of summer. Like, this is a joyous part. Like, there's a lot of joy in Leo skating. And if you think about that documentary that um, that Leo did with Giovanni Retta and a couple of other folks, like, that was admittedly hard, you know, kind of going through Leo's story from childhood, getting sponsored, and, you know, kind of like everything that's happened along the way. Like, this is turning a corner. This is just like, yo, I'm out here, I'm living my best life, and my skating is nice. And, like, in that aspect, it's super awesome. So then I got to ask the question, though. So what do you follow this up with? Like, do you dive back into glue stuff? Do you deliver another part? Like, do you like, there's a lot of different ways you can go with dropping a very good part in the fall. I'm not going to mention Sodi season yet, but like, we're in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought the same thing. I kind of said this with the Uto thing, like, I feel like we're in that weird middle zone of like, we haven't, we're probably like, there's people sitting on 10 minutes of footage right now and we're about to get our minds blown in the next like six to eight weeks so they feel like this is really when stuff starts coming out and yeah I think I'll say it I think Leo could totally have a shot at Sodi I think that would be really sick I think it would be timely um I would hope that that means that he has more stuff coming and that would be super super cool but to touch on a little bit what you were saying with the the feel and everything like kind of with this song and that direction one thing that i thought was like kind of fun was i don't know if you guys saw on the nike ig post that alex white shout out alex white absolute legend commented something about i hope these comments don't steal leo's sunshine or something like that and i feel like that kind of speaks a little bit to what you were saying patrick of like this is his moment and like it doesn't matter what anyone else says it doesn't matter like what's gonna follow from this like no one can like genuinely argue I mean they can try but no one can genuinely argue like what he has accomplished and what he has overcome and just like the empire that he is creating for queer folks in skateboarding I mean it kind of also plays into the idea of the photographs that went along with this with the shoe release of him sitting in the throne I was actually at the local skate shop here today and I guess Nike sent out that photo framed in this like golden ornate picture frame with uh, like a podium to put the shoe on as like a little nice little shop setup. And I was just like, oh, that kind of also plays into this whole thing where like this is Leo's moment and we are going to celebrate him and everything that he's done on and off the skateboard. And I think that also relates to something else I saw was that I think this is the first shoe that a major company's ever made for a trans athlete, period. Like not skateboarding. This isn't the first thing that's happening in our world. This is transcending 
everything that we do here and talk about here to like, this is so much more than just a shoe release. This is so much more than just five minutes of good skateboarding. Like this is a socio-political statement and this is fighting back and pushing against. And I think that's what skateboarding always has been. And I think this is like the most skateboarding I've seen in a long time. And um, so I guess maybe I'm backtracking a little off of the word commercialized to like maybe rethinking it. And this is maybe more kind of like badass and almost like in a weird way, like I'm going to be fun and happy, but also like in your face, like we're doing this. And I think that's super, super rad. Yeah. You, you can't kind of can't escape that uh, the social political piece. Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? Skateboarding never exists in a vacuum, especially now when, you know, trans folks are under attack, like literally, literally under attack in many places in this country. It's, it's definitely a, it's a statement, man. Can't deny it. Which is the part that makes things so frustrating. And also shout out Alex White, because there have been a lot of people, trolls, jumping in the comments, either being outright homophobic or transphobic, number one, or number two, asking that question of, why Leo got, you know, why come Leo got a shoe? How come Leo got a shoe? How about such and such? This person just got a colorway. Here's this thing about skateboarding. It doesn't really matter. There was a period where everybody had a shoe. There was a period where nobody had a shoe. There was a period where, you know, Nike tried two times to get into the skateboard industry and fell on their face. It's rather arbitrary. And skating is one of the few places in which, you know, these kinds of contradictions are, are quite normal. But, you know, back to the question of, you know, the, the keyboard warriors out there. What's particularly frustrating is that we're living in a time where you can't just dismiss it as this is the comment section. Because we're also living in a time where people have decided to take words and turn them into action. And this is like a big step for skateboarding. Uh, I mean, for, for which is, again, it feels weird to say, but it feels big for Nike as well. Because they didn't have to do this. They could have been like, oh, you, you're going to get a colorway and we'll keep it moving. And I also have to wonder, though, what do, I, I don't know, like, do, do skate brands need to close down the comments? Like, how do you, how do you shut down, how do you shut down this type of behavior? Short of, like, running up on someone in person and being like, you want to talk shit like that to my face? Because you can't do that with everybody. I'm, I'm interested to hear y'all's take. Yeah, I think, I think that turning off the comments is only reserved for serious things. I think that almost lets them win because I think something that's been really nice that I've seen, at least, this, this just is anecdotal, is the ratio is is dropping. You know, when, when a few folks, specifically queer skaters, kind of came into the scene and you would go into their spaces and see what people were saying, it was like pretty majority nasty. And then there'd be the few people being like, we love you, we support you, you're amazing. And I personally see that number depleting. And that's actually like very, um, you know, it makes me feel good. I feel like it's like slow and steady progress. And I think also it's kind of how anyone who's been oppressed has done things forever. You know, it's like that you don't leave. And I think that that's what we're seeing in skateboarding right now. I think that when there was this huge movement a few years ago of a lot of queer folks being like, we're here and we're going to do this and it's okay. Could have been easily shut down, but there was so many pioneers, like people like Marby who were like, frankly on the front line of this movement who really like paved the way and people like BA and people like Alyssa. And like, I think also I thought that was super cool side note that like, 
the three of them all had clips in this same video because they're all the kind of goats of this community. You know, I mean, BA was the first openly gay professional skateboarder and that allowed for this to happen. So now then Marby can skate. Now Marby's skating, Marby's ripping. People are learning to accept it because they have to. So now Leo gets a shoe. So Leo gets a shoe. I mean, that's just, there's so many things happening that I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in five years. We're going to have way more equality, way more equity, and it's disheartening. And I can't imagine being in that position. I mean, like I've experienced that somewhat on a small scale, just being a queer person, but like, obviously none of us are as inundated by anything as someone like Leo. And I just think that instead of focusing and being like, let's turn it off. I want to see all of the people who are cheering for him because that at the end of the day is what's most important is uplifting and keeping our friends and folks we look up to like in high positivity. And I think it's easy to get lost in the hate, but this specific time, I feel like it's been really nice to see all the love. And that's kind of just, if you turn the comments off to what your question was, Patrick, is you lose all that love. And that's what I would be worried about. Yeah, um, I agree. Like about the comments, like this is just a side note. Like the only person I see on Instagram that turns off the comments all the time is Gary Bababui Delabate from Howard Stern. Because I guess if he turns them on, people just post the most ridiculous. Like, I mean, you can imagine your average Stern show listener on Instagram, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, like the most effective way to defeat trolls is just not acknowledge them at all. You know, and I think if you either delete, either monitor the comments to delete them, which seems like a lot of work, or just turn them off, that's, you know, acknowledging them in a small way. So, yeah, I think the best way to do is just like ignore it and just, you know, focus on the ratio. Like Maddie said, like the vast majority of people are, are fully fucking supportive. Which is huge. I mean, it, it it's considering how, for better or for worse, this veneration of the 1990s, and as someone who remembers it quite vividly. It was an insanely homophobic time. And it's, that's not just on skateboarding. Like, mainstream, regular, regular culture. I'm talking TV shows. My goodness, SNL, late night TV. Like, it was, if you go back, go back and watch some reruns. Like, go and post up and, like, watch some old, uh, on some Nick at Night, which is now showing stuff from the 90s. Go watch old SNLs. You know, go watch older TV shows. It's stunning compared to now. How like the ratio, you know, like the race, like the sheer number of uh, of homophobic jokes, like it was just like on some casual shit. And in that aspect, you know, skateboarding is is not is not immune to mainstream culture. And remember, any alternative culture is going to be some kind of a reflection of what's happening in the mainstream. So to look at where American pop culture has moved to, as well as alternative cultures, but particularly something like skateboarding. Like, it's very heartening. Like, there's still a shitload of work to be done. Like, I remember thinking about, like, the BA, uh, his coming out documentary. And, you know, there was some, like, I think they interviewed Ed Templeton in there. And there's some discussion about whether or not, you know, BA should have or could have come out at the time. And hindsight is always twenty twenty. I think there's a lot of people who have some rose-colored glasses and be like, nah, skateboarding, skateboarders would have been cool. But, you know, that was not the case at the time. That was really not the case. And certainly not in other uh, professional sports, um, even though skateboard is not really a sport. I think his fear was, was, was you know, his radar was, was correct in, in seeing like this is a pretty hostile environment. The unfortunate thing is that it took a huge toll on his, his mental health, 
his skating was amazing, but he just talks about how depressed and how dark it could be when, you know, unfortunately, skateboarding is, uh, you know, at the time was very much a lad's club. Um, it still is. It's getting better. And I don't know. I, I think focusing back on Leo, Leo was doing the damn job, which is got a new shoe, putting out a part, working on my company, grinding, continuously putting out footage, having cool outfits, by the way, like really cool outfits and great pants. And thinking in general about like, oh, he's doing the job of a professional skateboarder and doing a damn good job of it too. And also, by the way, I heard these shoes are fire. Like they skate real well. And uh, I might try and cop a pair. Does the throne come with them or is that a shop thing? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. That'd be sick. I think it was just a a setup at the shop, um, which was cool. And yeah, I've heard this. I've heard the same thing. I've heard nothing but really positive things about the actual shoe and how well it skates, and um, I believe it's maybe some level of marketing gimmick, but it's supposed to be quote-unquote pre-broken in, and from what I've heard from folks, that's almost the case, um, that the break-in period's really small, and that it skates really well, and they're durable, so I think it's cool, too, that it seems like they really took their time on the shoe, and uh, didn't just kind of redo, I think we kind of said this on the last episode where we talked about this shoe, that it looked similar to the Bruin, but now seeing it more in person and holding it, I feel like it's genuinely its own shoe, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, it looks. Uh, well, I'm a mid top guy, so I, I would definitely fuck with it. Like, it looks kind of like like an old Airwalk Enigma crossed with. If y'all remember that one Omar Hassan Pro Model shoe, like both versions, both the Cupsole and the Vulcanized, but it has that. It's a Cupsole, but it has that like blazer herringbone tread, which is really dope. So that's cool. So yeah, I, I would fuck with it as a mid-top guy. Also, the brown, yo, everyone's coming out with brown shoes for the fall. Yo, the the brown and black colorway, heat. That's all I'm gonna say. Straight up. I can't I, I can't do the brown shoes. I'm not down, I'm not on the brown shoe wave. I don't know where this came because like what it it doesn't really go with blue, right? It doesn't go with denim. Nah, you gotta rock. Brown shoes, tall black shorts, excuse me, tall black socks, black shorts. And then I think kind of like a cream colored top, you know, like a yellowish brown. Like, yo, yeah. yo, I got, wow. <laughs> I feel like Ghostface. I, I feel I like Ghostface like Gracious of Ice. And then it's like, what green, like green pants or something? I don't know. Like, oh, think, trying, trying to think about Andrew Reynolds in that Chicago clip. I think he was wearing just like regular jeans. Oh, but, yo, yeah. I don't know. I can't, I've, I've never had, no, I had brown skate shoes once, but there were some, like just air walks that I guess who gave it to me? Someone in New York in the nineties just fucking gave it to me, and they were like, "Dude, they were so bad." Yeah, but yeah, but that's the I thing guess too. that fashion man crazy. <laughs> what can you say? The um, brown shoes. I have um, the last Leo Bakers, the kind of uh, the red and black joints, um, and those are just like kind of chillers. Those are beautiful shoes, by the way. And I, I think here's another thing: the profile is a little bit slimmer, and I think on a blazer. Especially that looks so good. It looks like like a slimmed down blazer with like slightly different angles. Oh my goodness! Just like Nike, send a box. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, send a Come Nike. On. Box. Yeah, Nike. I'm, I'm I'm talking about like multiple pairs, different colorways. Even some some of those rejected joints, and also maybe some blank ones, so I can send them to go get dyed. Because yo, like Wu Tang used to do like the dyed Clarks. I feel like these shoes, because of like that little area on like the inside around the swoosh, yo, very similar to Glaciers of Ice, yo, 
marble cave like all kinds of different dyes like that would be cool there's got to be someone in la who does that tldr leo we love your shoe we love your we love your skating like (laughs) were there any tricks that you guys really feel like stood out i mean i definitely have a few like the nolly inward heel on cemetery hip in new york like i was i was watching the the part with my girlfriend and we were sitting there trying to pause it at the exact height because he popped that shit so high. And for folks who've been to that spot slash skate to that spot, it's pretty big and kind of hard to skate when you're skating at that direction. It's entirely uphill and it's this weird asphalt where it's very slippery. So it's, I don't know. I just thought that was like a pretty crazy trick to do at that spot. And especially because other people have kind of like already done some stuff there. It's a pretty blown out spot at this point that that really stood out. And then the two uh, Manny clips from that Florida spot, the Nolly nose slide Manny shove, and then the nose Manny uh, Nolly frontside flip. Like that was just so sick. Yeah. Nolly frontside flip is like the coolest trick ever. And to do it out of a nose Manny, like maybe the best nose manual ever. Like he just has the best nose manual. Like he's just like, I can sit here literally all day and do whatever I want into or out of it. Like I could watch him just, I could watch five minutes of just nose many combos and I would be like, all right, that was a good part. I want to watch it again. <laughs> all right. I think, I think we got a new challenger for uh, the next uh, versus day one series, Leo Baker versus day one. Oh, Ooh. I would love that. That'd Sponsored by mostly skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my favorite was, uh, it was a, no slide 270 out on the hard, yeah, 270 out the hard way. I guess, like, the what is that called again? Like, the pre- no slide pretzel, exactly. Yeah, and that trick's pres- really cool. And it always reminds me of Alyssa Steamer and Welcome to Hell going for a, something not something similar on a ledge like that, like, well, where she slams at the end of her part, which has always terrified me about if you're goofy and you're skating a ledge that way, and like the risk of like slamming the board, like, you know, if you're doing the pretzel out, slamming like face first onto the stairs. Also the um oh the five okay five oh to lip at Stalin Plaza because I imagine that that bench is like ice you know so the amount of control that you need uh, and oh front board and accidentally tipping off the uh, the fountain excuse me the um, the faucet oh that was sick <laughs> the, the front the front board slide pop out yeah. exactly front board like it was here's the thing it was so filled like it was genuine joy in all the tricks oh the very steezy back lip at columbus circle like oh, i would like into, yeah before the backsmith that was <laughs> so sick like here's the thing about leo baker like i imagine like in the the huck the huck era like big handrail such and such like leo baker could be doing that but it's so much more pleasing to see it this type of skating on ledges on benches and things like that it's not just more relatable it's also just like God, like I seem to remember somebody recently saying like that era destroyed, like the big handrail era destroyed so many careers sooner than it should have because like people were getting concussions, breaking bones, like getting really, really hurt skating these big handrails. And it's kind of amazing that we have this renaissance where we can see skaters doing things with a lot more variety without, you know, completely throwing it all away. They're still out there. There's still uh, kids jumping down stuff. True, true. We'll get to that in a second. On, I guess they're on zero and shit. But uh, what else stood out? Oh yeah, that one trick at the Chauncey Street ledges, which is like those gray, that gray like step ledge in New York, like back tail drop to back lip. That was pretty crazy towards the end of the part. Any of the New York footage? Any of the yeah, New York footage? Columbus Circle looks crazy. Looks so sick on film. Like as that like a wave ledge, like on the edge. 
there's like all the buildings like around the perimeter. Yeah, I think Leo's uh, approach and style really complements New York skateboarding. I think that kind of what you were saying, Patrick, I feel like a lot of the reason that we're seeing this like low impact renaissance is that New York doesn't really have like, like you're like, you don't go to New York to skate handrails. I mean, they have a few, but like, it's not very popular or really like that approachable for many like things because they just kind of don't exist there. That's like more of like a Midwest, North Carolina kind of deal. So I think that this low, lower impact and more tech and kind of cutty spots and visually interesting things is like really complements how Leo skates and how he thinks about it. And also you talked about the fits, like the fits and the spots work together. Like this was just such a well thought out rounded approach to skateboarding that I think kind of gets like maybe swept under the rug a little bit because we're just like, oh, this trick's cool, this trick's cool, this trick's cool. But everything was not just technically impressive, but also impressive in the way that he approached what he wanted to do and how he prepared himself. And even how I think Cooper filmed a lot of this, how Cooper filmed it, I think was also really cool. Um, You can tell that they have a really good relationship and they like work well together. There was just like this chemistry intimacy that was kind of happening between the filmer and the skateboarding that I think kind of translated really nicely through and that showed the most in the New York clips and maybe Patrick that's why you were so stoked on them because I think that's really where that combination resonated the best brilliantly brilliantly put and also like there's something about New York skate you know what it is I think we were talking about this uh, the other day at Pulaski all of us uh, we all got to meet in person everybody I'd already met Maddie before um, at slow impact but it was our first time meeting Jim. Um, the thing about New York is it's a great backdrop for anything it is just like such a cool city in every way possible i mean like for example uh, my wife who is a a city planner absolutely pulls her hair out of the idea that new york still puts its trash out on the street just bags and bags of trash but just like what other city what other city in a wealthy industrialized country in the world are you going to see that shit people like ah fuck yeah it's a new york like i'm hype (laughs) you know trash in the street (laughs) and you're just excited uh, how does well, so what does Paris do? They don't throw their trash on the street like that? No, like there's a significantly more frequent trash pickup, but it's also run by a municipality as opposed to many American cities which will contract out, insert cliches about organized crime, whatever, whatever. But... <laughs> waste, waste management consultants. Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> Remember, our thing doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, other cities have alleyways, they have dumpsters, and anyway, besides the point, it's almost like this is going to be like I'm excited to see what Leo's second act is going to be. Not to say that you know this is not a discredit to of any of his previous work or anything up to this point, but it almost feels like right now, like we're in, you know, we're in like oh okay, like this is going to be like the next, like what's what's going to be next? And to your point earlier, Maddie, like. Two more parts and maybe a badass photo. And I think like, yo, that's that's Sodi, that's Sodi running right there, right? Like if you come through with an October and a November joint and maybe you get a cover or an insane photo, like come on. You're yeah, in the, you you're gotta, in the running. You gotta have a cover, I think, to be to, to be in the conversation. Uh, but I think he's had an interview some point this year. Oh, or an he's ad. Not, yeah, it's a guy, but it's it, I think, you know. From one perspective, like it's all about, quote unquote, what have you done for the mag, you know? Yeah, totally. I think 
minimum we need another full length part and honestly you're probably right jason a cover and i think that could totally happen and i think it would sit well narratively with how like the last few years of leo's career has been going and i think if it doesn't happen this year that does not to say that it's not gonna happen in the next few years either you know i don't know what he's had the opportunity to do so if it doesn't happen and there are no more parts for this year i hope that this is just the springing board for a lot of really cool stuff to come out and I don't want to dismiss the accomplishments under the ruse of the made-up contest that is Skater of the Year. But it would be really cool to see at least that quote-unquote run happen of Leo being like, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to like put my shit out there. Like That would be really fun to be a part of as a spectator. But I think that, like I said, this doesn't undermine this part in specific, I mean, in my in my notes preparing, I was like thinking about how this fits into the greater narrative of skateboard media and specifically queer skateboard media. And I think this is this part is going to be as impactful as things like credits, as quit your day job, as the they're ruining skateboarding, or even Alyssa Steamer's Welcome to Hell part. Like these are all such iconic moments for this subculture of skateboarding that I think this this in conjunction with post-op is going to be in that same conversation that when I meet new folks who are queer and are trying to like watch more skating those are always the parts I tell them to watch and this is going to be added into that I think very prestigious group of really high quality culturally relevant and pushing videos and I think that's really cool and I don't want to overshadow any other conversations of what's to come than what has already been accomplished. You mentioned Welcome to Hell, Alyssa's part in Welcome to Hell. That was an absolute, I mean, like, you know, like you think about like all the skate video parts that you've seen that you knew that like, you were witnessing like uh, some sort of big change. That is definitely, I think, top five in my life. Like one of those where you're just like, oh, snap. And it was, it was, I mean, just like that, that opening, Alyssa Steamer is a superstar. And the Sunday, and it just like, and it was, I think it was like all tour footage. Like a lot of stuff was shot in the van, like, you know, while being out in the van, going and doing demos. And so this is all between, you know, this is like filming missions in between going to demos and skating contests and everything. And Alyssa is rightfully getting her flowers, but I wish that, I wish that there was something more. Like Alyssa was in Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but just like... Like to be there at that moment, that summer when Welcome to Hell dropped, and just like yo, 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 there's like this lady on toy machine, and she's ill, right? And is wearing like the the mid top Adidas, the Adidas Pro joints with perfect pants. Like my goodness, like what a clarion call, you know? Like what a like what a fucking part. And like so, it, it must be like you know, would you say okay, Maddie? Would you say that's would you say that's like one of those not just like a part that you recommend, but also like would you say is like it's something it's something bigger than that? Like I think for everybody. At least for me, anyway. Like I was just like that was on some showstopper shit. Jason, what about you? You mean the Alyssa part? Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I remember when that summer, Milton Hill came out. It was like Welcome to Hell trilogy. Yeah, that those two pretty much. It, it's like there was no antecedent. You know, there was nothing like it before. There was no like woman that had a part in a major skate video. But like it, 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 it was kind of crazy. But it just seemed like she was like you know just one of the crew. From like Fort Myers, you know, like Matt Milligan from down there, um, a couple other dudes. But yeah, it was crazy. There was nothing like it, man. No, she was a trailblazer for sure. Who was uh, the lady who was supposed to have a part in Rubbish Heap, but they ended up not filming? 
Sasha Clark. Yeah, like yeah, that great, like, you know, well. the one of the uh, a response to one of the great what ifs in skateboarding because Rubbish Heap was one of those was one of those videos like a huge skating and cultural you know skating and skate culture pivot point very similar to Welcome to Hell. All right. Well, we mentioned uh, and compared contrast of waste management strategies of New York and Paris. And another Corpo shoe news, Adidas recently dropped one of those Mark and Dallas branded abnormal communication edits, this time filmed in, yes, Paris, uh, besides RVA, of course, the current skate mecca of the world. Patrick, what stood out to you amongst the roster of heavy, heavy hitters in this 10-minute vid? Hello, everybody. As uh, mostly skateboarding's resident francophile it's always a pleasure to talk about paris although paris is not even the tightest city in france that honor goes to marseille <laughs> but um <laughs> skating wise paris is having you know it has like a, a regular in and out moment and i think it was happening this summer because i saw a bunch of people over there who'd all left cph early to come skate because things had gotten too hectic in copenhagen and I imagine that quite a bit of this stuff was filmed in June and July because there's like a bunch of people in this crew who were, I think, in Pharrell's fashion show at Pont Neuf uh, in late June of this year. There's so many good skaters in who are on Adidas, who are on this trip, who are in this crew. It's actually, it feels criminal that this was uh, a short edit. You almost feel like if they decided to do like a solid month there, a solid month, you could imagine like in a, the video you could get because Paris doesn't only have the legendary spots like Hotel, excuse me, uh, Republique or uh, Bastille, Place de la Concorde. What's the other joint? With the big ledges and the marble, everything like that. Uh, Palais de Tokyo. What's oh yeah, Le Dome, as it's known. There's so and then also like the suburbs. You know, like you see a lot of stuff from Créteil, which is a, a, a suburb. Oh, of yeah, with the that that spot with like the swirly designs exactly and the huge uh the huge uh cross of lorraine from world war the big world war ii memorial yo i think okay i've become a big fan of maite and i think maite has a shoe coming out or maybe it's a colorway for the adidas adimatic if you do a quick google search it's in purple and it's kind of it's starting to show up on some pretty dicey third-party websites but um i feel like maite might be low-key training to be the next gons just because like whoa looks, hey I mean, in terms of like later era gods, not like video days oh, gods. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of like just like having fun, riding shaped boards, kind of thinking outside of the box. And I think that that's pretty cool to see. Maddie, something you had said a couple episodes ago, you had said that sometimes you get this anticipation, uh, more specifically, uh, this female skater on the screen, their name comes up like, all right, cool, I'm gonna see like, I'm gonna see like a, a little something. And then they just go. And that happened. That happened for me. It was, uh, uh, Vittoria Mendoza from um, who's on Element, which feels so weird. Like, how is a skater that cool on Element? But besides the point, um, and I think that happened for like quite a few people. But I guess there's so many heads in this video. Like, there's even like some Tyshawn and Knock in there. Who's a little homie from uh, Max Allure? Little Dre. Oh, okay. Carl Aikens, the most beautiful man in skateboarding, straight up. Like that little stair jam that they're having it in. Ator. Just chill. Even some Blondie footage. They got Blondie to come through on the Eurostar. Like, should a dude? I guess a question for you all. Like, we just ran down a bunch of these names, but like, should a do? Should Adidas just do another video and try to pick up where Away Days left off and try to do something a little tighter? Well, yeah. I mean, from one perspective, it seems kind of weird, almost crazy, that they got this whole crew together, pretty much the whole team, 
And except for, um, by the way, speaking of female skaters, Mariah Duran, um, Olympian, who maybe she's uh, for some reason wasn't invited or didn't go or whatever. I don't know. But uh, so anyway, they got this whole crew together for like a little 10 minute Internet video, you know. But I mean, who knows? Maybe they all like they weren't coordinated like that. Maybe it was, a, you know, different times. But I don't know. It might not even be like, you know, companies like Adidas are all about, you know, data. And it might not be cost effective or even like you know a good a good idea in terms of data and all that kind of shit to do a full length video. Like it, it's kind of what it's kind of part of the culture. Like full length videos are you know are like records or like texts or whatever. But I guess a ten minute video might be uh might be the move. I guess I don't know from that perspective. But uh, just two main things that stood out about this video. One, I don't know. Adidas. I was. I was kind of taking a look at like the Nike team, the Adidas team just for fun. You know, it's not really a competition, but I, th- I think Adidas might have like the highest collective Q rating or whatever the skate version of that is. Like you got TJ, who might be like the most famous skateboarder besides Tony Hawk. You got uh, Carlisle. You got Niels Bennett, who's a genius. You got Mark Gonzalez, of course. Everyone else, like there's so many dudes on that team. I mean, the Sush. Who wasn't on the trip for whatever reason? And, Lucas Twig, um, Lucas Twig, like yeah, like yo, seriously, like forget, you know, like I said, Santa Street, like Lucas Twig, like you don't even think about it because there's so many sick people on the team. That whole thing, and like a, Nike might have the rippers, you know, like people that are like the best, like your Carlos Ribeiro, or your Nigel, but Adidas has like the the personalities, you know what I mean? There's that, and then this is the best business footage we've had in years. Like, I can't even remember the last time he had this much footage. Like, that one line where he does, like, whatever, like, a tail slide or something like that. And then, like, a switch tray and, like, a switch backside tail. That could have been from, like, the real video from 2006 or whatever. Like, it was, like, vintage business. And it was sick to see. Like, he's still got it. Yeah, totally. I think that to go back a little bit to the length, I think maybe Patrick, why you were feeling away, like I, cause I did the same, but I felt that for a lot of people, I felt like, Oh, I want more. Like I wanted more Tyshawn. I think there was what one or two clips. Um, I wanted him in Victoria. I wanted more Jen Soto. I wanted to like, even like, uh, what's his face? Uh, little Dre, which had a decent amount of footage. I haven't really seen him skate that much besides like IG and he's super sick. Um, I think the 10 minute format is good and that's why they're doing that. I just think that this was a case where they were all there. So they were like, let's get everyone, but it was just too many people in a short period of time. So it just kind of left you like a little jerky of like bouncing around kind of hard. I had some hard times like really getting into it because it was just every person had a clip or two and then it was over and it was like they would just get into a groove and then it would switch. So I think that maybe something that could help that is keep the smaller format because it seems like well that's what does better i'm sure their analytics show that when they post a 45 minute video on youtube half the people turn it off after 20 minutes um but maybe just not have 30 skateboarders or however many people were in this because i felt the same thing like victoria had that cool backside uh wall ride down the little like hubba looking thing and then that tail slide 270 shove on that like up above the curb to grinder and those were both sick, and I was just like, dang, now I have to go watch a different one of her parts because I want to watch more of her skating, which is exactly what I did. Whereas I wish it was just, like, another 30 seconds of her. So maybe it would be cool for them to, like, 
they have such a big team that they could kind of like piecemeal together folks who complement each other, like Gans and I, I don't want to say her name wrong. Is it Maite? Do you guys know if that's right? Yeah, Maite Steenhoff. I think that's right. Maite. Okay, yeah, like Gans and Maite, like they could have their own parts together, right? Like they complement each other so, so well. And I would love to see that. I just think that everyone got lost because it was just so much going on that it kind of got a little confusing and maybe that's where your feelings were coming from, Patrick. I mean, exactly. But, you know, the the other part of it that was really interesting is if this was shot when I think it was shot, there was a full-bore heat wave beating down on most of Europe at that time. So the fact that they were delivering at this level, like the kind of scale, like like that last couple minutes where it's just like, hey, Tor, Lil Dre, and Carl Aiken skating the stairs and crushing it, my God, like to be able to do that in that type of heat is out of control. Also, um, Gans has a lengthy history with the city of Paris. I mean, everybody remembers his footage in video days of them skating the fountains underneath the Eiffel Tower, which I think are only drained once a year. So, and it's actually quite difficult to get to them now, post obviously post 9-11 and also post uh, the terrorism, uh, the terrorist attacks in 2015, uh, in November of 2015. So it's, it's actually an impossible spot to skate now. Really, 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 really hard. And also there's that great footage of... Um, there's a little footage of him in the 90s. He kind of had like his Lost Weekend era where he was like between... It was after he was doing 64 and ATM Click, but before getting on Real and Adidas. So there's some stuff from there, but I always love there. There's a video of him and Strobeck, and it's Gons at the wheel, I think in a rented BMW, gunning it through one of those Parisian tunnels. Kind of like the one where... Uh, Princess Diana got killed in. Those are insanely dr- dangerous. And it's probably some ridiculous hour at night. Like, Gans, I think, s- still quite nocturnal. So, I don't know. He's a, he's a wild man. And it's like, it's like he's like the perfect person to kind of serve as your, 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 your cool uncle uh, tour guide to Paris. But the skating was so standout and so good. I still love Blondie. Even though I, I can't stand his politics or his, his worship of the royal family. But I love his I love his skating and I love the way he dresses. And again, Maite, I wish there could have been some Lucas Puig, but he also just had a kid and the French take uh, parental leave very seriously. Shout out to the God. I don't know. Like it, it, it's there are so many there are so many good spots in Paris, and I wonder if they will ever get you know if they'll ever get blown out. Like thinking about Palais de Tokyo, Le Dome, just like that double set. Like you just remember like the footage of Taishan and Nakel battling for tricks in the last couple of Supreme videos in, in Blessed and in Cherry. And then you, now you look like they're just casually skating with like a big crew. And also, uh, Maddie, to your point about wanting to see more Taishan and maybe Nakel, they also put out a summer edit of Paris and Greece. So you could probably do like a little mega mix to try to, to put all that stuff together. But the, the Taishan, it's, I think it's a Hardy's joint. It's a little bit more casual. It's just like kind of fun. And them annoying one of their teammates. Real quick, back to uh, Lil Dre, that fakey crooked grind, like super locked in, coming out of fakey he did at Crete or whatever. That was the best trick I ever saw that kid do. That was sick. And like, yeah, Mark Gonzalez as as the host or whatever, or narrator, like he's, he's really cool and he's just like a regular skate dude, not trying to be like a wacky artist type of guy. And what else? Oh, yeah, it was good to see Felipe Gustavo like out in the streets. Because you always see him just like in street league and contests, and he does like the same three tricks like switch back tail, switch flip back tail, switch flip backside nose grind for like the ender or whatever, where you're trying to get big points. So 
he's really dope even even though he's on plan b which isn't isn't as dope as it used to be but yeah maddie was right like it it was so like like quick cut like you'd see one guy like oh there's styles and i was like wait no it's not styles anymore it's it's like you know mike arnold you know it's kind of a uh a, a hodgepodge even though everyone was so sick especially hater hater uh had quite a summer, like this video and the Palace video, for sure. He's so good. Hazard the Silver is probably one of uh, my favorites out right now. And his new mid-top looks fire, too. Um, the all-black joint. Is that... Oh, it was all-black. Was it purple? I don't know if there's a purple one. The Maite, the Maite, the, the, the Maite shoe that's, I think, dropping soonish is is purple. Uh, Hator, I think there might be a purple one. But he's got, like, a black ADV joint with the straps uh, and everything. Like, oh, this... right, right, right. Yeah, the form. Yeah, oh, excuse me. Yeah, it's the form. Yo, that with some, like, you know the type of baggy jeans I'm talking about on some 90s cut. Actually, the butter joints. Some butter jeans with those would look fire. So, yeah. <laughs> a question for y'all. Do you think that, do you think that when you, if you come on a trip and you've got a, a, a less cool board brand, do you think other skaters ever say anything about that? Like, you ever think anybody ever ribs, you know, uh, ribs someone and be like, oh, you ride for plan B? That's corny. I doubt it. I feel like everyone who's on that level, like understands maybe that sometimes people do things because they have to. I don't, I'm not saying specifically that he rides from plan B because he has to, but it fits his image. And I mean, they're all professionals. So I think that maybe they care less about that because they're also like making money. And I feel like the sponsor game in skateboarding has shifted so much. Like one thing I thought of when I saw Felipe pop up, I was like, I can't watch another street clip with a dude wearing a Red Bull hat. Like, it's just, <laughs> it takes you out of it so hard. It's like all these, like, cool, sick things. And then, like, nothing against him or his skateboarding. Uh, he's obviously very, very talented and fun to watch. But the the Red Bull hat's kind of gnarly. And I think that kind of aligns the same thing with Plan B. Is just, like, dude's just getting his check and able to support himself on his skateboard. And I, I would hope that other professionals would not clown on that because I feel like in some, like if we're here talking about what plan B is like, I feel like even the people who ride for it are have to be somewhat self, self-aware. I guess so. It was like, does every skateboarder have, you know, deep dark in the, the annals of their history? Like they got a wax sponsor. If you didn't have, if you didn't have a wax sponsor, you have one now, you know, like if you rode for Rex shoes or something like that, like everybody's, everybody's done something questionable. There's very, very few people who've had like a, an immaculate track record. Like, um, like isn't Costin riding for Oakley now? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Just like, I mean, at the same time though, like we're all adults with bills. Like a check is a check. Like I'm not going to get mad at somebody about that. And then also like Plan B, Plan B is is cooler than Red Bull. But I also understand when you rock the Red Bull hats. I think there's a a scoring card, like a scorecard system for appearances of the Red Bull logo. And I guess like the hat is the easiest and like Jimmy yeah, Foy, I mean, just, um, right? Yeah. It, it, look, it doesn't look cool, but fact is if you're getting five figures a month, allegedly, or somewhere in that ballpark to wear a, a, a hat, like you're going to do it, you know, so it's, that's the way the world works. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't, I don't think that, I would ever be like, oh, oh, why do you do that? I just think it's such a weird juxtaposition sometimes when, yeah, especially yeah. like as like Gons is kind of like being ethereal and mm-hmm. like talking over it. And then we have all these like more street focused skaters that are like aligned with him. It's more jarring. Whereas, 
you see like uh, his standalone stuff and it's films with a like, I don't want to just assume, but like a lot of those guys, just the filming is weird. Everything's kind of a little off. It like kind of works. But in this specific atmosphere that this video created, it was like, oh, whoa, that's Red Bull. That's weird. But we say all of this and or I say all of this. And this is a video made by Adidas, which is also a major, like probably multi-billion dollar company. And we just finished talking about a Nike video, which is a huge major multi-billion dollar company. So I think that that's just the landscape of skateboarding right now. And bravo to anyone who's able to capitalize on that and um, be able to assimilate to our culture. Um, I think the Red Bull, giant Red Bull logos just feel almost like Karayuma on my shirt during whatever adjacent. And it's just jarring. Whereas maybe the other brands like Adidas and Nike have kind of camouflaged themselves better. I don't think that all of the big brands are doing that. And that's kind of why it stood out. Yeah, acting like life is a big commercial. Speaking of pants, we were talking about pants before. Um, you know, as the pants liaison on this podcast, I gotta say, Carl Aikens had the best pants uh, by far. I wonder what br- brand they are. They look even baggier than the butter jeans, which are my favorite pants. So I'm gonna, I'm kind of curious as to what they are. Like that one, like session where he did like a switch 360 flip with like the do rag out of the back pocket. Oh like, my god! Like a Sawyer or some shit. That was awesome. <laughs> that was so fucking cool. You're making me think about Hosoi wearing a do rag, and I'm like, that could low key work. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has. Like, I mean, I'd be surprised if he had if he didn't wear a do rag at one point. I mean, look, dog, Fred Gall with, 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 with the hair extensions. Yo, Fred Gall had cornrows. Lenny Kirk had cornrows. <laughs> like, <laughs> stranger things have happened. But yeah, Carl. A- oh, Boozinitz, 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 Boozinitz has still got it. And also has great baggy pants. Like, oh, that guy is so good. Like, Adidas, like, I, I guess the thing is, too, is, like, Adidas having a stacked team and, like, having... Maybe the thing that accompanies it that makes it work so well is that, like, a lot of the shoes that many of these pros... Shoes or colorways that many of these pros have had, I've rocked and have really enjoyed. Um, so there's, a, like, a bit of that bias there. And I feel like Nike doesn't give some of their best skaters, like, that same shout. Like, there's a bunch of folk on Nike. Like, we could talk a lot about Costin. But, like, the Costin 2s on Nike were absolutely phenomenal. Even those joints with the sock were cool. I'm, I'm not trying to digress into, like, the shoe game. And I don't know. I, I guess that's something I do appreciate about Adidas is, like, a lot of people have gotten colorways and a lot of people have gotten pro shoes that have been really, really cool. But, yo, Carl Aikens is that dude. Like I said, the most, you know, probably arguably the most handsome man in skateboarding. Do you guys feel, because I can only speak from what I see around me, do you guys feel that you see Adidas out? when you're skating because i mean you guys were both in dc what last weekend um we very rarely see them here so i'm wondering like what type of reach they we talk we keep talking about the stacked teams and that they're putting all these videos out and they're doing all these cool things but i'm wondering how much that's actually translating to folks wearing the shoes i know patrick you love them you talked about that but do you see especially younger people Wearing Adidas in your guys' local scenes? Oh, yeah. So a lot in L.A., definitely Bay Area. For real, for real big in Paris. Definitely big in Marseille. Like, this is just talking about places uh, where I was traveling this summer. Um, New York quite a bit. Like, D.C. was jarring. Like, that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, but it's also like, uh, I'm going to put this uh, comment out there publicly for the world to love it. Um, I still think that, I think that after this trip, D.C. skaters might be the best dressed in America. Because y'all got come through with classic shit. Like, DMV. 
good pants, good baggy pants, good shoes, cool shirts, like nothing jarring. Yo, but anyway, like DC has always been a big New Balance and Nike town, not just in skating, but then also like in like streetwear shit, like the Nike boot is like a hood staple in DC, almost to the point where it's like, it's actually transcended that, you know, MPD, Metro Police Department in DC, their winter issue boot is a Nike boot. Go peep, go peep that. Go watch a bunch of police officers hanging out. You're going to see a bunch of guys like walk around in like some Nike boots, you know, the ACG boot that Wale wrote a song about. I think it also depends on what your, your local shops are carrying. But yeah, like that was very noticeable about the DMV. Like New Balance is just starting to cross over more into people I see out and about skating over here. Uh, but it's like big Nike, Adidas. Decent amount of Lakai, too, depending on where you go. But, like, they're also right here. I don't know, Jason, what about down in Richmond Way? Yeah, well, down here, it's kind of the same as D.C. Like, you know, like you said, D.C.'s a big Nike town. Down here, I'd say it's, like, Nike and Vans. Just because of, like, Gilbert and all, all the quasi dudes here. You got Vans and, and uh, Converse, I think. But, yeah, I don't – got to tell you, you don't see it that much down here. Mainly, in like, Converse, a little bit of – like people skating chucks and whatnot and a little bit of the vans, like the Gilbert joints and like, yeah, your Nikes or whatever. I don't think they, they, uh, they carry them that much at venue, the shop here, mainly like Nike, you know, new balance, your Converse and your vans. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that for me, what I've like noticed obviously here, not very much, but traveling, I'll see them more, but I feel like they're, and you see it a little bit, in who they put on their team and how they approach this i feel like adidas is really going after maybe an older marketplace and that's kind of why their team is the way that it is i mean they like mark gonzalez is definitely someone who appeals to older folks in the scene and he has his own now five episodes of parts that he then like picks other skaters to be in and that's kind of why I originally posed the question of, do you see younger folks wearing them? And I feel like I almost never do. And then when you think about that, it translates directly to who's on their team and the people we keep talking about. And I think that's really interesting and kind of cool that they've been able to find that space in skateboarding that really works for them and kind of goes after specific people. And you can tell that their team is so curated. And I feel like that's why we've said over and over again that wow, their team's so good, but it's that they're so good and so well curated that it fits their brand really, really well. And I think that's so, so apparent when they bring all the folks together in this in this one short video. Yeah, hopefully they were stacking for uh, something else, either a full length or you know, like a 10 minute video, like focusing on two or three people. Oh, that would be, that be, would be hard body. <laughs> sure, we'd be stoked about that. Which brings us to the part of our show where we talk about uh, what we're stoked on. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? Uh, I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. Uh, shout out to Deluxe. Shout out Jim T for sending me a lovely little box. Great to come home to after being on the road for two weeks. Partially for pleasure, but mostly for work. Uh, Go-Go. It was great to be back in D.C. Great to be back in the DMV. Shout out to Rare Essence. And also was really stoked to skate with both of you. Not only at Pulaski, but also at Malcolm X Park. But it is nice to be home. Uh, Rick Howard's Mega Mix by Manolo's Tape. Shout out to the homie, uh, French homie, uh, Manolo. Just go watch it. It's Rick Howard. It's great. And then finally, like the New Balance 480 joint from uh, Chicago. I think I might have to cross over and try some of these shoes. I don't know about y'all. Maddie, what you stoked on this week? 
Uh, I'm also definitely stoked on the 480s. I think they're super sick. I am hopefully going to try them out soon. But I'm also stoked on my new board that I've been riding. It's this weird shape where the nose is like the size of an 8.5, but the board is an 8.25. And then has a tiny little tail. It's very weird looking, but it's working really well. And I feel like I've spent the last few years really kind of wandering around board shapes. And I feel like I finally found one that fits with how I skate. And that's super exciting. And I'm also stoked on decorating, which is completely unrelated uh, to skateboarding at all. But my girlfriend and I have been in this spot for about a year and a half. And we're finally kind of getting our place to feel like more lived in and coming together and it's such a nice thing to come home to after a long day of skating jason what are you stoked on this week well we talked about venture rider felipe gustavo a few minutes ago and um stoked on that brand of truck venture trucks made in san francisco california a couple weeks late but uh just kind of got around to watching it the rudy johnson bob shirt interview shout out tim and stoked on uh, a DCX Cash Only, that Cash Only brand from Australia, I think, edit called Money Gun. It's filmed, I think, entirely in SF. And definitely, like, you want to talk about, you know, 90s style or venerating the 90s. Like, I think they filmed it with a high eight. Like, it has pretty much the same video quality as Sky Pager. Like, that's what it reminded me of. And uh, there's some, like, sick Philly Sansuso footage in there. Shout out that guy. And, uh, oh. Well, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links and other show notes. Shout out Templeton for putting those together every week. Until then, you can keep up with us online. Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks, on Instagram and on threads under at Pikigongo, and also doing stuff with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Shout out to y'all. Maddie, where can the people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Frank Grimes on both Twitter and Instagram. Jason, where can the people find you? On um, Twitter, I'm just going to call it Twitter, fuck it, um, at Carbonite1994, on Instagram, at Frozen and Carbonite, and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. More stuff coming soon. That's our show for this week. Uh, what does he always What does he say? See y'all next week? Be sure to check MostlySkateboarding.net for links and other show notes. Until then... Oh, wait, you already said that. <laughs> yeah, I already said that. <laughs> what did you say at the very, very end? See y'all next week. Whatever happened to peace? Peace. See y'all next week. There. Bye.